Oh, cheers, guys. Cheers. cheers. Thanks so much for doing this. I really yeah. appreciate I'm it. I'm excited. Good to see you. Good yeah. to see you. So I'll do a little introduction here. Okay. We've got our very good friend, Katie, at our house in Kansas City. Hello. Um, and Jeremy, our esteemed <laughs> guest who said he's nervous. A so, little nervous. That's just good. a little bit. Yeah. So we cracked open some wine, hopefully get that'll, the jitters out. That'll help. Yep. And so Katie's been our friend since probably 2016. Yeah, I think so. Probably pretty close. Um, yeah. yeah. And, you know, Katie, your dad owns or used to own the Whitehorse Pub, right? Mm -hmm. So when we first met Katie, I had just moved uh, to Kansas City. And, you know, I got my job at Hallmark in the book. I talk about how Jeremy and I met, mm -hmm. you know, and we can talk about that more later here. But um, at a certain point, I realized that the life I had lived, you know, you know, over 10 years traveling in the Middle East and being, you know, having a lot of different success in places like Iraq and Afghanistan and different parts uh, in Africa, I still felt like there was more. You know, I, I never like to say there was something missing. You it know? was me. <laughs> <laughs> Were you looking at Jerry? <laughs> so I walk into this bar, and I'm like, there she is. That's, that's what I've been missing. He thought the lighting was weird, but it was because I'm the show. It all made sense. <laughs> yeah, I get it. I, get it. I apologize. No, no problem. You have to change the ending of the book. <laughs> So where are you going to live? Right. Yeah. You, can, you can write something in the right. yeah. yeah. You got back. any openings in your apartment yeah. up there. And so, you know, Jeremy um, already had a place north of the river, sort of outside of downtown uh, Kansas City. And so we spent a lot of time up here and I was... In the suburbs. In the you suburbs. It's <laughs> not a bad word. It's not a bad word, I guess. Yeah, I think all the friends we've made. Don't say the word. <laughs> and so one of the first places we went was a place called the White Horse Pub. It was walking distance from the place where Jeremy was living, and we met Katie. Mm -hmm. So there you go, Katie, if you want to introduce yourself <laughs> or tell a funny story or... Um. I, uh, my name is Katie mm -hmm. and my dad and I, well, my dad opened the restaurant and then, um, I was the bartender and I moved in from Colorado and I took all the knowledge that I had taken in the past and we just ran a little, you know, pub. It was a, a neighborhood it was a great place. Pub. Yeah. It, it was. It was like cheers for us. Yeah. yeah. You it know? was like a two blocks walking distance. Yeah. I don't want to get ahead. I want to like, you know, hear, like, I, I think we can tell the story of how, because it's not just about the pub, right? It's a part of it is about our relationship and how we grew. And so I think, you know, Katie, if you talk about, I don't know if you remember when we first came in. I don't know if I remember when you very, very first came yeah. in, but I remember you, Alex, coming and sitting at the bar. And I don't know if you were just like, this is the only light of something in this area that is not totally suburbs. It right. feels more... <laughs> foreign i mean yeah no that's a really good point because yeah. yeah. i mean it's a british it's yeah. a british pub right. i hadn't thought about that but that's a really good point you know so for you know in my book i just write i mean there's so many different places that i go to and, and even in the book i don't talk about them all but i'm sure the reader's gonna be like wait you're in another country you know yeah. you know the place and i talk about the airports in different countries and so it always being i use this expression in the book and i said it was that comfortable kind of discomfort. Yeah. That discomfort that I got used to. And so it's true. I hadn't thought about that. But like being at the pub, you know, seeing things like fish and chips, 
um, and a scotch yeah. egg, you know, yeah. all that kind of stuff, sort of. And then the weirdos that lived in the neighborhood. <laughs> That's also a good I point. Really think, I really think that, I think you found it, um, I think you like unique things, and I think you like unique experiences, and I also think that you thought the burbs were a death trap for, yes, your, for your I did. For your yeah, soul. I do. <laughs> I did. I did. Not anymore. You're converted now. <laughs> yes, dear. <laughs> but I think it's sometimes it's what you make of the place. But I will, I remember you coming in first, um, and just kind of sitting there, and not really talking to anybody. And then the thing that caught my attention was his good looks. Well, duh. Sorry, podcast listeners. <laughs> No, but the thing a face caught... made for radio. <laughs> <laughs> That's why we're doing podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> <Like> video. <laughs> no, but it, it was the fact that when people, I hear like all kinds of garbage and people saying stupid stuff, and most of the time I just ignore it. But yeah. sometimes something will stick out, and I'll just kind of go, Ugh. like I, it's like a little, a little wince. And I noticed that when I had those winces, Alex was doing the exact same thing. <laughs> and so I'm like. Comrade. Yeah. <laughs> and then um, I don't know. I don't know if we really talked at all. But then I saw Jeremy coming in, and honestly, I had no idea that you guys were together yeah. at all. I think the first time um, I kind of got an inkling of it was when I think it was Sal and you guys were talking about how y'all have a a love for some reason a love <laughs> of not national parks <laughs> but state parks. Missouri yeah. state parks. <laughs> very clear about that. Yeah. And I had no idea of the difference or the draw. I mean, I like nature and I like going sure. and doing stuff, but I wouldn't be like, this is it. <laughs> state parks. This is what I want to be talking about at the bar. Yeah, right. but I mean, I've, I mean, I've seen, you see all kinds of people yeah. commune over things that you're like, yeah. okay, and you like was, the same lipstick, you know? Yeah, that was a really interesting day. You want to talk about the state parks? Yeah, like our whole yeah, experience. Yeah, it's just, you know, parks. like, yeah, yeah. Like how when we started, uh, yeah. Ha Ha Tonka. Right. <laughs> so we'd, have we told you that? We've probably no. told you that story. So. When you guys first met? No, when we, our first started state our... park experience. No, go ahead. I haven't heard so this. So we had, I think it was my birthday weekend. You had I think rented so. a condo yeah. down there. And so we went down to Lake How long had you guys been seeing each other? At uh, this point, I'd lived in Kansas City for... Probably within the first year. Within the first year. Yeah. yeah okay. So this was 2017, right? Probably 16, I'm guessing. Were you living together then or no? No. Okay. No. no. Uh, so we went, anyway, we rented a condo down at Lake of the Ozarks, and uh, my sister used to live in Camdenton, which is down, I don't know if you know where Camdenton is, but it's no, part of Lake of the Ozarks, but there's a state park there called Ha Ha Tonka. I've heard of that. It's like the Ha Ha Tonka is like the laughing yeah. thing. Yeah, I forget what truck. Indian tribe it was, but Ha Ha. But that's what Ha Ha means. It actually tonka means truck. laughing yeah. or something. I was like, uh, okay. And Tonka, obviously Tonka truck. I'm pretty sure Titty Kaka needs boobs and shit, doesn't it? I don't know. I haven't heard that. Google. Hey, Google. Yeah. Sorry. So we went to like the visitor center at the state park, and they had like uh, these, uh, like the passport, which I think we've showed it to you. Before. It's yes. like a leather. I mean, it's like a legit leather bound. You guys have shown this to me. <laughs> Act surprised. I remember. No, no, I, I, I have acted surprised. You've done it enough yeah, times. I've done it at least four times. <laughs> no, but you, <laughs> no, but you guys showed me the first time. I'm like, oh, that's cool. I didn't know anything about it, and then. Like, maybe two weeks later, you're like, did you guys know? Oh, yeah. You still carry that around? Ripping them out you're again. Like, and I'm okay, like, yeah. I get it. It was really funny yeah. how it became such a passion for us. 
right? Because I hadn't lived here very long and we were still getting to know each other. And so we would spend hours in the week yeah, we looking did. at the maps and the time it would take and yeah. where we were going to stay and what we were going to do. Yeah, we had the whole Missouri State map and then we would map out our route with highlighters. And... I think it gave us a chance to build our relationship without, you know, we didn't have to talk about the relationship, right? Like we were at the bar drinking, we were at home drinking, we were drinking drinking on the road <laughs> no, we when did you guys really talk no, like about your relationship we were, that much uh, oh, yeah. state park trips what's up do you guys actually sit and talk about your relationship that much i just kind of assume that's not something guys do we actually probably do i mean lot. i think that's yeah. healthy but yeah. i just didn't think i guess it depends on how evolved you are yeah we talk about our future all the time yeah we talk about our future all what the time we're gonna do, yeah. what we're doing. like straight fiscally or do you mean like your Everything. What manifests everything. from, okay. Yeah. yeah, like where we want to live, what we want to do, Yeah. money, everything. Yeah. What we want to do for like retirement jobs, all that kind of that stuff. That makes sense. Yeah. 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 The next step. I right. think that, that now that you guys are talking about this, I feel like it, your state park thing is reasonable goals because you can get there. Exactly. Yeah. And it's also uncharted territory for both of right. you. So you're experiencing something new at the same time, which Absolutely. is a bonding thing, gotcha. which I don't know if you calculated that, but that's just like... <laughs> Yeah, no. you think about how many hours we were in the car Plus. that year. So it took us exactly yeah. 12 months to the weekend, weekend to the weekend really? to finish yeah. all the state parks. Really? 88, we, we state, did 88 parks state parks. And yep. 12 months to the weekend. Yeah. Um, and we, and we, we were in the car. On a, I mean, we didn't do any vacations that year. All we did. <laughs> we did them every weekend. Every vacation yeah. was a state park. Yeah. Several weekends we took the girls with us. I think that's uh, awesome. Yeah. But, I mean, we were in the car on an average weekend at least probably 15 hours. Yep. Yeah. Uh, when we were doing the state yeah. parks. Wow. Uh, so, and there was like no like awkward silence, like, oh, what are we going to talk about? Right. I mean, it was, yeah. we talked about a lot of stuff. Like I said, and like I said, I mean, it wasn't, at that point, we weren't talking about our future. We weren't talking about all yeah. that kind of stuff. We were talking about, okay, well, where are we going to stop? Are we ahead or behind where schedule? Where the fuck are we? Where right? are we? What is going on here right Google now? Google take us on a gravel road. <laughs> I hear banjos. <laughs> exactly. There was one, yeah, one no, spot no, in no, 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 Missouri. Yeah. And like, we're like driving in the Ozark Mountains on a dirt road. And oh like gosh. we drive by and like there's people like burning shit in barrels. And yeah. It's like we, were we some break tight down spots. We're definitely going to get sh- killed. Yeah. Two gay men in the middle of the yeah. Ozarks. And it's funny, you know, you said, you know, <laughs> that when you first met us, you didn't know we were together. You know, one of the things I write about in the book is how all my life I've really rejected labels mm-hmm. and rejected, you know, living my life the way people said I was supposed to. You know, in the book specifically, I talk about, you know, my skin color, my gender, you know, my, you know, whatever it is about how people think about me, it drove me crazy. And and when I was able to sort of throw that all off, that's when I started, I think started to become more healthy, you know? You mean like emotionally healthy? Emotionally healthy. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So what did you think you said when we were talking uh, with Sal was like the first time. Yeah, we were... you were talking to Sal, and Sal's very loud, obnoxious. Everybody knows right. a Sal, right. and for whatever their name yeah. is. <laughs> and you were, you guys were getting along, and you both, all, all of you guys, had a huge. That, that thing. was the one a few times his wife was there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And you all talked about state parks. I'm like, where am I? <laughs> what is happening? We were at the bar. I've talking for about years, state parks. Yeah. I've never heard a bunch of people be like, "You like state parks?" <laughs> 
Ah, uh, fuck yeah, we do. <laughs> and I was like, I'm going to have a beer and watch this. <laughs> watch the show. I'm pretty sure it was a Sunday too. Yeah, it yeah. definitely was, was it? a Sunday, Sunday afternoon. Mm-hmm. I didn't yeah. remember the day. Oh, yeah. I remember it. I just didn't remember what day. Sunday had a current, certain kind of feel to it. Yeah, for sure. Yes, I remember. We yeah. knew the shit the... show hadn't started yet, <laughs> or maybe we were the shit show that <laughs> day. By a long shot, you weren't. You weren't. But it was. I think after that, I started to pay attention to you guys more. That wasn't when I knew you were together. I just heard you guys talking about how you, you, what you liked and everything. And then um, I think it was, I think at that time I was planning my wedding with John. Oh, right, that's right, and, and that's right. I started talking about it, and then there was one night where you guys had had a couple drinks. I mean, you weren't sloshed by any means, but we all know at this point that Alex has a couple, and he's, like, feeling himself. <laughs> kind of feeling on Jeremy, feeling too. <laughs> and, and at first, Jeremy was like, ooh, stop it. <laughs> Which I was like, this is fun to watch. <laughs> this went on for three years. Yeah. More entertainment. <laughs> no, but it, it, was, it was adorable. Because yeah. I could see it was like, I could see that you guys deeply cared for each other. But I, whether or not it was new, I've, I mean, I'm not gay. And I don't know what it's like to come out at any stage. I've yeah. always been like, here I am. <laughs> Rock me like a hurricane. <laughs> and right. so I, I could see with you that you were like, ah, if I want to show this part of me and that's totally fine I feel like everybody's like you should come out it's none of your business I do it when I want to when I feel like it but I started to pick up on it and I was like oh and then I I think I mentioned something one time about you guys being a couple and it just went over like it was nothing and I'm like yep that's right okay this is happening (laughs) yeah and uh and then I started talking about planning my wedding, and yeah. then you started talking about oh, that's right. you guys, and I was saying all the garbage that like hetero weddings have to go through, not have to, but you know what you Love choose doing. to do, yeah. yeah, and like the the parties and all that stuff, and then you guys were talking about how you were, we're gonna have thinking a about hog how, roast. yeah, you're gonna have a hog <laughs> roast in the woods I remember that, yeah. and play oh, rugby, yeah. and then yeah. I suggested you get an airstream that's been converted into oh, a that's lawn. Yeah. Right, that's, that's right, and then that's right. we just sat there planning your wedding. <laughs> Why do I want to do that? sounds way funner. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have to throw a bouquet, you just over. throw a rugby ball or whatever right. the hell you call it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I don't know, I just, I, I felt like you guys, um, I don't know, you were just real and you didn't annoy me and <laughs> yeah. I felt like I could have a conversation with you. And it's right. not that, the thing I loved about my job was every, it was my favorite show. Like the weirdos that would come right. in there. It was a show. Yeah, it was absolutely a show and Definitely I would just... Keep, my quarters were more beers. And yeah. I would just keep watching and keep watching. Right. And I felt like you guys were sitting there and watching it with me. Yeah, and sometimes yeah. it was ridiculous. Yeah, but and also we had sort of the same perspective. You know, it's like, yeah. it's a shit show out there, which is, is, is one thing, if you notice it. Mm-hmm. But if there are people around you who oh, yeah. also get that it's right. a shit show, it's like, uh, yeah, we're having fun tonight. Yeah. I'm also a snob, and that was <laughs> the, probably the first thing I noticed about Alex is where he was like, I'm better than that person. <laughs> and I'm like, so am I. But it was all said with the eyes. You guys had plenty of those conversations. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. one of the things Jeremy always says is yeah. that Katie and I are like the same person. Yeah, yeah. yeah you're the female version of yeah. Alex. Like, you're lucky. Said. Dog. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm talking to both of you. <laughs> yeah, you guys always had like your own language. It was always. But what yeah, I can hear your brain. Yeah, like yeah, I say it all like the time. You guys, uh, understand each other. Even with sunglasses on, the Dominican, <laughs> I'm like, I can hear you, and you're like, shut up. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, we went to the Dominican. That was a year ago, right? Uh, yeah, it was a year ago. ago. Isn't that That's crazy? No, two? it was just one. It was one year ago. It was ago. last March. Mm-hmm. 
Really? Yeah. That was a lot of fun. I mean, and it brings up the other part of this, you know, so Jeremy and I started going into the White Horse Pub, but you hooked us up with other couples, Mm -hmm. right? So it wasn't just that we... Um, went in there and sort of found a place with a great bartender. That's we what also a good found bartender something. does, though. What, what do you mean? Um, I think a good bartender is somebody who facilitates. You're a host. You yeah. facilitate the party. Renee when people come her in. A matchmaker. Yeah, yeah that's we right. She did. Like, that's yeah. right. Oh, really? It's like a matchmaker. It's yeah, like, but I mean, like, you see people who have like interest, and like I said, I'm watching a show, and yeah. like you've all watched shows where you're like, those two should get together. <laughs> those people would have a great party, and I could do that. Yeah. And all it would take was me going, hey, have you met blah blah blah? Yeah. And, yeah. and if it worked, it worked. If it didn't, it didn't. But yeah. when you guys would come in. As time went on and you made friends with like Brian and Renee and right. like the, the party got a little bigger right. and people paid attention to what you were what you were saying. And the way our bar was set up, for those of you who don't know, it was kinda like a tight horseshoe. Yep. So yeah. it was easy to talk across the bar to people oh, right, and have right, a right, have right, a conversation. Right, right. And we yeah. set it up like that on purpose because that's how a pub would be. Oh uh, yeah. gotcha. Not necessarily that shape, but just a tight the little feel. That's yeah. The, yeah. So I it's mean, like an intimate dinner. Yep. And, you know, so Jeremy and I started going, but by the time the pub closed down, we had a community of 20 friends, another 10 couples that we would hang out with all the time. Yeah. Two or three times a week, we were at the pub. I won't lie. I sit back sometimes and think, God, that was such a... It's such a little magical spot. It was so it was. magical. Yeah. So sad. And especially, for, yeah, it was sad when it closed time, down. But time changes. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, it was really important for me, you know, making a big transition of moving from D.C. So in the book, one of the things I talk about is when I came back from Bahrain in 2014, I was like severely depressed. It was <clears throat> over a decade for me living and working in the Middle East and dealing with all sorts of Did different situations. Did you come straight situations. to Kansas City from there? Or no, what? I went. So I went from Bahrain to uh, D.C. Okay. And I lived in D.C. Um, and then I moved here. And so I had lived, you know, I was, you know, spending a lot of time with the military, which has a lot of camaraderie, a lot of like structure, structure, and also good friendships. You're, you build these bonds, right? And I was playing rugby and it was the same thing. You have really good relationships, friendships when you, um, play rugby. Um, and I was a fireman. Mm-hmm. Right, and so in the firehouse, obviously, those are all comrade, comrade things. <laughs> those are all like yeah. really you know tight community. And so when I left DC, I left. You know, one of the things that Jeremy and I always said a lot, you know, is like, I left DC for me. Mm-hmm. Right. Obviously, I wanted to be with Jeremy, but I did it because I thought it was the best thing for me and for my life. When I came back from Bahrain, I made these like three promises to myself. One was that I was going to finish my dissertation. The second was that I was never going back to the Middle East. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the third one was that I was going to settle down, you know, and I didn't know exactly what that meant, but I spent a bunch of time, you know, going on dates and um, trying to meet people. So and you meant settle down, like be in a relationship, not just like chill. Yeah, okay. it's, it's funny because when I, in the moment, I didn't know what it meant. When I wrote the book, I look back and I'm like, obviously you were looking for someone, right? right? But in the moment, I, you know, for over a decade, I was motivated by a passion to live out a mission, right? Mm-hmm. My mission was to fix U.S. Middle East policy. And I went anywhere, did anything to solve it, right? Which is impossible. Yeah. Right? It's impossible. I'm like, I can't even <laughs> lose 10 pounds. <laughs> but I lived my life thinking I could do anything, 
you know, and not holding back. You know, I lived with Muslim fundamentalists in Yemen, in Egypt, in Syria, in Jordan, like all over the Middle East because I was like, I'm going to fix this problem. And then when I came back, like all I knew, all I could hear in my head was settle down, settle down. And I was like, okay, well, I'll get a nine Is that five. your own voice or something that you don't know? It's, it was my own voice, okay. you know, because I knew that there was something else, something more that I needed. You know, when I was in Bahrain, I had this great job. I had my own flat. I had a rooftop pool. Played rugby all the time. I gave it all up for you. Too. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I hear it all the time. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> We're living in Kansas City. The suburbs in of the Kansas suburb, City. There's no pool or rooftop. Well, you know what I think is so funny about that is you have gone through your life doing extreme things and doing... Um, things that are interesting. I mean, I know you were doing them for you, yeah. but they're also great conversations at cocktail parties. Right, right. I mean, I, I, I'm not saying that's why you did it by any means, but like, great I think... Great content of, for a book, really. Yeah, <laughs> it's great content for nice a book. Nice pitch up for the book. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but I think that it's... I think it was funny watching you because I felt like you were struggling yeah. in a place that was the most mundane yeah. place on earth because it's the Middle East <laughs> to the Midwest. Oh, yeah. I mean... Yeah, that's that is, what I call it, the Middle West. Yeah, and <laughs> no, go ahead. Yeah, it's true because, and that's what I was sort of getting to. You know, we've been talking about the number of people that we met, and I can't overemphasize, you know, I said 10 or 15 other couples, but it's not just like we sort of randomly see these people. It's like three or four nights a week, we're spending time with people either at the pub or at their homes or somewhere else. We were going downtown, spent our weekends together. And so when I left D.C., <laughs> I was used to being, number one, the center of attention because I did all sorts of crazy shit with my life. And even, you know, when I was in the, you know, in, with military folks or with politicians or whoever, academics, you know, they'd be like, oh, yeah, I was in Iraq for like 60 days. And I was like, well, I was in Iraq for a year and I was also in Afghanistan and Central and Eastern That's Africa. That's your one You know, because I'm a one But, you know, I was used to being the center of attention. I was used to being in environments where... At, you know, we were all very close and all spent our time together. And so coming to Kansas City was like, what did I do? <laughs> yeah, you know, and not in a not in a regretful way, but in a like, you know, your brain gets wired to live a certain way. Mm -hmm. You know, your brain gets used to live doing certain things, being certain places, acting certain ways and all that stopped. And so being able to go to the pub and meet you, Katie, um, who, you know, like Jeremy said, we sort of think alike, that created comfort. Mm -hmm. And having friends that, you know, within four or five months of knowing each other, it's like, you know, when we see each other, I love you, and I, you know, I'm, I'm happy to hang out with you. Yeah. That, that, cre that alleviated some of the pressure of the mundane. It did the same thing for me. I mean, because I'd moved all over. The, I mean, oh, that's right, yeah. by no means was it the same kind of roller coaster that you were on, yeah. but like, I've lived in different places, and... I'd had to start over a couple of times and the whole restaurant thing was my family's deal and I didn't know anybody. So I'm like... So I didn't know that when you started at the pub, you had just moved here or moved back here? I'd never lived here before. I swore up and down my whole life I'd never live in the Midwest because oh, I wow. wanted to either be no, at I the beach or in the mountains. Yeah. So I was in South Carolina, then Atlanta, then Tennessee, and then I moved to Colorado with my sister and she's like... The market's a little saturated for acupuncture, so oh, yeah. um, let's go back to Kansas City. And then my dad said, you've worked in restaurants, you know the corporate deal, and I know that you can 
structure it in your head. So let's do this. Wow. So I didn't. I, it was a big deal for you then. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was just the next deal. It yeah. wasn't like nothing's a big deal until you look back on it. <laughs> that's was John point. with you the whole? No, I met dad hired him there. My dad hired when John. When you came back, that's when you met John. Yeah. Oh, that's crazy. And he had moved back from Florida because he grew up here, went to Florida right. and came back because yeah. his dad was sick and helped his dad. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, my dad hired John. I remember meeting him and shaking his hand and thinking, and I told him this, so I don't care if he plays. <laughs> um, I was like, what a tool bag. <laughs> and how long before you were dating? Um, like a year and a half. Okay. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. And he said that he was like watching, he watched television shows like with their, you know, will they, won't they kind of oh, yeah. deal. And he'd be like, that's me and Katie. That's me and Katie. Before you were together? Oh, yeah. Oh, really? And you know my friends Angie and Tyler? Yeah. John went over to their house one night, and he was like, I really want to ask Katie out. My sister was there, and she's like, no. <laughs> Don't bother. She will shoot you down so Move fast. along. And Angie literally said, if you like her, go for it. Worst, yeah. worst case scenario, you're in the same spot you're in now. Yeah. Right. And so that's when, we, you know about the bet? and No. No. Oh, so... The Royals playing the A's for uh -huh. the wild card. Uh -huh. um, we were watching it with my sister and Marcus because they were dating at the time. Oh. And um, we were watching it at this one bar, and the Royals were losing. And then we went up to D Barb's, and I said, he, he looked at me and he said, we have friends. Just like going up and drinking and talking at night, at, in the evening. I had no idea he liked me. He actually said, would you ever date me? And I said, you're kind of like a Ken doll. Like, you're a <laughs> oh, man, man, but like, it's That's plastic. Terrible. I know. I didn't think about it at the time. <laughs> That's I, terrible. Yeah, it was still interested. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, that boy jumped through some hoops that I didn't even know I was putting up. Yeah. And yeah. so he said, if the Royals win this, you got to kiss me. And I was like, Girl. okay, because I was drunk and I was like, whatever. Good for him. And they won and I I don't place a bet if I'm not going to pay up. And I A peck or a kiss? Oh, it was a kiss. <laughs> It was a kiss. Was, he just said was kiss. this the fried chicken morning? No. <laughs> that was a different morning. But yeah, I, I remember walking out of D Barb's and he was standing outside having a cigarette and I was like, the Royals won. And I walked over to him and just planted one on him. And at that point, I never, like I said, he was a Ken doll. Yeah. And at that point, I was like, wait a minute. Wait, something's happening. It was a good kiss. <laughs> and after That's that, great. we were just, we were done. I mean, That's awesome. we'd sit in the car and talk. And then his mom said, <laughs> oh my God, the first time I stayed at his house. I wanted to get out of there without seeing his mother. And so John goes ahead of me and, you know, yeah. this is clear. Let's go. Let's go. We get to the garage. His mom's standing there. <laughs> and I literally went, Oh fuck. <laughs> and his mom goes, Oh my God. Are you, did you guys have a meeting? And I went, yeah. <laughs> a meeting. And then she says, you know, my daughter works at Sephora and my whole bathroom has tons of makeup in it. If you ever need to use it, go ahead and use it. And John's going, shut up, mom. <laughs> and then I left. That's hilarious. Uh, the walk of shame. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was. That's funny. It was That's awful. hilarious. It was awful, but it's and a good so, story. Yeah, and so yeah. it was good for you when you, because you had been moving around a lot. When you... Yeah, and so I, I would listen to podcasts because I thought, you know, oh. if I can hear people who I would actually have a conversation with, I can feel like I'm having a conversation with someone that I find interesting. Yeah. And not that I think everybody's an idiot, but a lot of people are. <laughs> yeah. Let's be honest. A lot of people are idiots. Let's be honest. <laughs> and so literally when I met you, I thought, oh, well, he's a snob. And I don't mean like, I don't mean like a, I say a categorist. I'm not, I'm, I am judgmental, but like. It's not about like treating people badly. No, or... but just you're either in or you're out right. with me. As far as being in my circle. And I think it's yeah. the result of having had a lot of experiences. Agreed. And for me, it's like, you're a 
jackass. I don't want to spend any time with you, but do your thing. Yeah. I don't care. As long as you being a jackass doesn't bother like, me. Like, away from me. <laughs> don't, like, I don't, don't care. Me. But also, I mean, the flip side of it is that when you're in, you're fucking Yeah. In. And it doesn't mean to be an upkeep all the time. Right, it's right, just right. like, no. when I see you, it's like, no time's passed. Yeah, yeah. And no, we're absolutely. good. Yeah. And that's... And those are the friends that I always like to cultivate because the ones that are like, you never call me. I'm like, phone works yep. both ways. Right. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> I never understood that. No. Like, yeah. Yeah. I think mainly girls do that, but yeah. that's not true actually. Really guys do that too? Oh yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. <sighs> yeah. But I yeah, I also that. don't cultivate those kinds of friendships. Mm-hmm. You know, it took me a while to learn that. I mean, yeah, I've right. had some people lose, like people do friend Facebook friend purges. I'm like, Announcing that you're cutting people is the lamest yeah. thing in the yeah. world. Just yeah. do it you're, you're and move important. on. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I made out. the cut. Thank you so much. Yeah. Can I see I'm some so, more puppy pictures? I'm so happy. <laughs> Can you upgrade your list, please? <laughs> <laughs> I'm still on. You may want to rethink your categories. <laughs> it's a good thing it's not my space because I would have been everybody's top. <laughs> What's my space? Stop it. You're, <laughs> you're not that young. Actually, I'm, I'm older than you guys. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> What's the next topic? I don't know. Well, can I? I just want to say this also because. Over time, I I got to see you guys together, and I I didn't like again. I thought you guys are just really good friends at first, and I mean you 100% are. Yeah. And I think to me that's the basis of any good relationship. You have to literally look to each other for advice, comfort, yeah. and that's oh, what you do with a good friend. And then everything else is icing. And yeah. I feel like as I got to know you guys, I saw how how you fit together and how you complement each other and. I know that you've lived, Alex, you've lived this insane life yeah. that is book worthy. And Jeremy and I probably haven't right. got anything to write in a book, <laughs> but he was looking for yeah. some, some land to stand on and yeah. you were solid and yeah. you, you guys compliment each other so well. It just makes me really happy. And you're just, I don't know. It's just, <laughs> it's really, it's really nice to see people regardless of whatever orientation or anything like that it's just you you lean on each other you trust each other implicitly and i just think that's a an awesome thing and i'm glad i got to know you guys because i got to see that and that's i think that's beautiful yeah i think they're both crying now (laughs) (laughs) time for a break (laughs) no i'd say uh i'd say probably first we're probably best friends yeah oh absolutely we enjoy each other's company i know and and whatever the fucking doing for the weekend right i mean whether it's state park or yeah hanging with the neighbors i mean we just enjoy each other's company each other. and, and then we get to go home and get naked together <laughs> it's just a bonus i'm yeah. probably gonna cut that part <laughs> well, you should leave there's it no in pictures there. i can't see anything no there no, actually I'm uncomfortable. are pictures i'm nervous uh, they're showing me pictures now this is very uncomfortable <laughs> No, there's no pictures. I'm kidding. Yeah, I mean, it's funny. I'm still, um, you know, honing in on the title of the book, but it's definitely going to have this expression, I'll go, Mm -hmm. because my entire life, people were like, what about this? I'm like, yeah, I'll go. What about that? I'll go there. Well, let me have a a question for you. What was a harder adjustment for you? All of the crazy trips in the Middle East or adjusting to suburban life here? Suburban life was much harder. Isn't that strange to you? It's much harder. And and I knew that, but I just wanted to hear you say it. Why is it crazy? Well, it's crazy for me because that's all I've known. Yeah. The fact, like, you try to take me to the Middle East, I'm going to, (laughs) like, kick it and scream and I'm not going. (laughs) But you want to go to the safe suburbs. (laughs) You know, one of the things that I think about, you know, um, my dad 
and he teaches uh, teachers how to instill this sense of innocence in children so that they throw off the weight of their environment. My favorite story, I think it really captures the work that he does, is he worked with a teacher for some number of months. And one of the first things that the teacher said to my dad was, I have this kid, you know, and he's, you know, the math teacher. And the kid says to me, he's like, um, why do I need to learn math? My dad's in prison. All his brothers are in prison. I'm just going to wind up in prison someday. So why do I need to learn? You know, it's like this really depressing, emotional, I mean, you know, middle school kid. Yeah, but that's right? so young to be It's dedicated. so young and you don't realize that kids are in that environment or having those thoughts already, right? Yeah. And so um, the techniques that my dad uses is meant to allow the child to, just while they're in their classroom, you know, you, they always have to go home and deal with all that bullshit. Um, but while they're in the classroom, to, to try to throw that off. Mm -hmm. And to be able to focus, you can't focus on like x squared plus y squared equals z squared, right? But you also can't even tell a kid to throw something off. You have to create an environment where this exactly. just happens naturally. You can't just tell them, exactly. right? You have to create that environment. Um, and so, you know, my dad travels around the country um, helping teachers. And he was in Omaha. And we went up and we sat in one of his sessions. And one of the things that my dad said was, I feel the least safe in the suburbs. You know, me and Jeremy sort of looked at each other, right? Because I have said something similar. Is that to, because you're black or because you like adventure? I think that's part of it. Okay. But the real, what he said was because I stand out. Yeah. Okay. Because I can't blend in. You know, if, if something goes bad or something goes good, then regardless of whether people intend to single me out they immediately they do. immediately are well you always go for the thing that's not like you and then right. the suburbs are normally white you, you yeah. start there and yeah. then you move your way backwards yeah. right and so you can never get i can never get away from that my dad can never get away from that yeah. you know when i ride my bike and walk through the neighborhood etc like i said it doesn't have to be negative right it doesn't have to be something where people are intentionally targeting you it's that innate look but it's and any and it generates a feeling inside of me and yeah. inside of my dad, right? Like you just can't get, get away from. Wow. And so when I was in the Middle East, I speak Arabic, I know the religion, I know the areas, et cetera, et cetera. I blend in much better. You know, I can operate in foreign languages. I can travel around cities. I can, you know, I, I, you know all sorts of things that I know and I can do many of those things have no value on this block of the street. Unless you're wearing a sign. Unless <laughs> I'm wearing a sign. Yeah, no, I totally understand. You know, so like when, when I'm in D.C. hanging out with any of my friends, I can talk about, you know, it doesn't matter if we're at the bar, at the fire station, playing rugby, just walking around. The fact that I've done what I've done in my life matters all the time. But when we're next door with our neighbors, I mean, it's not that they don't care. Obviously, they care about me, but... We don't talk about the time I helped write, you know, testimony for Congress, right? Well, here's the thing. I think you're wrong. I oh. think that when you said you're with your friends in D.C. and what you're doing, those things that you've done don't matter. Those huh. things don't matter because they like you. And all of those things might have made you who you are and given you all your idiosyncrasies. But I don't think people are like, hey, have you met Alex? He speaks Arabic. <laughs> Nobody gives a shit about that. They, they just like you for who you are. And I think maybe you probably had a hard time living in hmm. the suburbs because 
you thought a lot of things uh -huh. were connected to what you've done and they they don't show here you're boring here and you have to dig out an interesting life here and it's harder to do when there's not gunfire yeah. or you know social unrest and all that stuff so it's like trying to make excitement in the mundane yeah. is a struggle it's easy to be mundane in excitement though yeah it's really interesting you say that because just a, um, a little while ago I did a podcast with um, a queer friend of ours named Jess and I'm not she... your first <laughs> <laughs> first what <laughs> that Jess said um, is something very similar to what you're saying, you know. Um, she kind of called me out on two things. One, she's like, you know, you talk about your book as a triumph from trauma, and you don't talk about it as a love story. And oh, it's, it's also a, a love, love story, story. Yeah. you know. And not only between you guys, it's a love story to That's you. That's what she said, you know. She's smart. <laughs> I've never met her, but she's smart as hell. You'll meet her. She's going to come out soon. Yeah, she's amazing. She's really great. Um, but the, the second thing that she called me out on was, I, I, you know, I don't tend to be like express false modesty, but she, she, <laughs> Sorry. I mean, you know Let's me. <laughs> <laughs> Go on. Pretend <laughs> like you don't. Nor do I. <laughs> but, you know, she said, the reason people love you is because you love yourself. I was like, oh, that is definitely not it. No, I don't. <laughs> I was like, um, but I think she has a point, right? Like, I think you're very proud of yourself. Not like prideful, but yeah, like, yeah. you're like, I did good. I, I overcame mm. some stuff. I learned a lot of things. I've experienced a lot of stuff. And I think that, I mean, to me, that's, that's a checklist that I have yeah, for myself. Right. I've gotten over things and, yeah, and done right. stuff. And I think that you're very proud of yourself. I don't know if you loved yourself immediately. I think you probably were proud first. Does that make sense? I don't know what you mean. Um, I think that you probably had a list in your head about what you yeah. wanted to experience. Yep. And you started doing those things. And I think maybe, and I don't know, yeah. because I only know you as I know you. Sure. But I think that over time, you became like, oh, I'm, I'm good. Yeah. I'm good. You know, I, I think that's absolutely right. It's like, I spent so much time, you know, I talk about in the book how... Um, my parents, you know, my mom and my stepdad, they had an idea about what it meant for me to grow up to be a black man, right? And, and what they imagined I would become was not, when I was a kid, was not what I wanted to become. And so from a very young age, I struggled against that. Yeah. And so, like you're saying, I had to, like, come up with basically a list or an idea, a fantasy of who I could become. Um, and, and then that has given me the confidence to do, you know, it's given me the confidence to do something like move to be with Jeremy. Yeah. You know, so it, it created a level of confidence and certainty about who I am um, that I could sort of take risks. So when I came back from Bahrain and I made these three really... Um, sort of normal thing like I want to settle down I want to get my PhD and become a doctor I'm never be going back bitch. to the Middle East huh you want to be a basic bitch and move this ever yeah you know I could only do that because 
I had lived a badass life. Mm-hmm. If I hadn't lived a badass I 100% life, hundred <laughs> percent know that. No, I, I I see that I see that hundred percent. And I also think it's interesting because you, a lot of people do, com, uh, love or sorry, confidence, love, and then courage. I think you did courage first, uh, yeah. which is not the norm. So yeah. you had to like, you know, Benjamin Button yourself backwards. <laughs> and it's, yeah, that's a good that's a good analogy. Yeah, yeah. What do you think? No, I totally agree. You had to show courage from a young age. Yeah. Well, I think you, because of, I, I mean, I don't know what your trauma was. Yeah. I don't know if you, if you want to talk about it, that's fine. If not, you know. Yeah. Um, and it's different writing about it versus right. talking about it. And <laughs> exactly. I understand that completely. <laughs> yeah. But I think when you go through a trauma, you become courageous when you say, I lived through this. Right. I mean, there's times, there's things I've gone through that I look back, I'm like, I don't even know how I did yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. I don't even know the girl that did that. Right. Yeah. And right. But now I know I did that, and I might be disassociated from that time and the place I was when those things happened, but I know that's part of me. Yeah. And I go, good for me, man. Yeah. I got through that. Yeah. Sometimes you look back and you're like, I'm a fucking badass. Yeah. I, I, like, I don't know how I did that. I say it every that's... morning. <laughs> <laughs> I look in the mirror, toss my hair back. Like, fuck. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I, me. I literally spit toothpaste on the mirror when I say it. I should say it every time, but yeah. 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 Uh, but it's interesting to to hear that you kind of had to relinquish yourself from champion yeah. you know, victory mode yeah. to do this. And I think, I mean, I might speak out of line here, but I think that this is kind of your biggest victory here. Yeah. And I know you probably wouldn't think I would write a book about living in suburbia, but for a black man to be with a white man and live next door to people that you've become friends with and yeah. become... I think it doesn't happen for everybody. Right. Should we take a break? Sure. I'm fine. Whatever. Yeah. You want to take a break? Yeah, I need a snack. <sighs> so what do you, what, that's really good to see you too. What do you think about all this? I think it's exciting. It's, it's, for me, it's, it's funny to see his meathead friends be emotional, I guess. Well, oh, yeah. It's like anti meathead. So what do you think? Party. What do you think is your favorite thing about living in the suburbs now? What's I'd say our relationships and friendships we've made. I mean, the friendships we made at the pub are, I feel like lifelong friendships that we've made, and with you and Renee and Brian mm-hmm. and uh, Brian and Megan and Shelly and Danny. It's just like we hung, like I had happy hour with Shelly and Danny on Thursday night, mm-hmm. and you had. Happy hour with them last yep. the week before that. Yep. And just, I mean, it's just weird, isn't it? I mean, we still got a group text from our vacation we did a year ago. Yeah, I know. We, it's active a couple times it's a week. Crazy. Yeah. Your answer. What's yeah. Answer? I mean, <clears throat> it's definitely the relationship. I mean, the best part about living in the suburbs is the relationships, no doubt about it. But there's something more for me. Right, like <clears throat> the cheap it, housing and <laughs> safety, good schools. 
Yeah, all that stuff. <laughs> he was going to say it, Jeremy. Oh. Yeah. I was on the verge of saying it. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know how to express it. Um, yeah, I don't know how to express it. I mean, I, I, one of the things I would say is that I'm still processing it all. You know, oh, I spent 13 years uh, obsessed with the Middle East. So there are certain things about my new life that I know I like, I know I enjoy. Like Jeremy said, I mean, the relationships are definitely the best part about living in the suburbs. But I don't have the words to ex express it in a better way than that. To me, I feel like the suburbs are a foreign territory for you. Yes. It's so like learning were... a new culture, learning mm -hmm. a new language, new customs. You know, it's just not what I'm used to, but... I know that it's healthy for me. I know that it's Why good do you for think me. it's healthy for you? Because I'm not disagreeing with yeah, that. Because again, I don't think I have the right words to express it, but what I can say is that the sense of comfort that I had by being uncomfortable, mm -hmm. I have a I'm I'm have more of a sense of comfort being comfortable. I used to be happy being uncomfortable and around people who I didn't know, speaking languages that I had recently learned. And now I'm learning how to be comfortable being myself. I don't know. I would say, <clears throat> and this is just me saying yeah. this, but I would say that whatever trauma you experience, trauma is extreme uncomfortableness. Sure. And I think everything you chose after that was uncomfortable, but on your terms. Definitely. And you did a lot of that. Yep. And you conquered it. Yep. You conquered uncomfortable. So much so that coming back to the traditional comfort made you uncomfortable. Yeah. And it's the same with somebody who's used to sleeping on the ground. And yeah. I don't mean like poor. I mean, be like your culture, you sleep on the ground. Sure. First time you sleep in a bed yeah. with a comfy pillow and everything, right. you're like, what is this? Or if you sleep in the city and you're used to the, the traffic and the noise and, the and you go to sirens, sleep in the, yeah. in the, on a farm in the middle of nowhere, you're like, where's the noise? I'm going to lose right, my mind. Right, it's just yeah. what you've gotten used yeah, to. Right. And I think I, it's, it's fascinating to me, honestly, because you really have pushed your boundaries yeah. as far as being uncomfortable. And now you come back to what is comfort supposed to be. Yeah. And you're like, Oh, I like this. <laughs> right. Yeah. But you know, one of the things that I write about in the book is how I'm driven I have probably for my entire life, I'm driven by this knowledge of who I want to be, even if I'm not that person. Knowledge or desire? Knowledge. Okay. Right? Like, so I feel like it's, it's not a, I wish I could do this thing in my head, like my internal speak. It's like, no, you are that person, be it, but I don't want to be, I'm uncomfortable. It doesn't matter. You know, so part of me is saying. Um, I don't know if I can live in the suburbs. It's, you know, it's uncomfortable. I don't understand why people... Do you think people... it kills a part of you? Is that part of it? So that's that part. That's that voice, right? That voice is saying you're dying. You're not on the pointy end of the spear. You're not jumping out of airplanes. Mm -hmm. You're not, you know, part. that part of me is saying you're a pussy. 
right? I hear you saying that to yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no, I'm 100% serious. I heard yeah. you saying that yourself when we were at the restaurant. Yeah. I could see you sitting there having a beer after you got off of work and going, this is some mundane bullshit. bullshit. Right? I could hear, I'm not kidding. Uh, I no, could hear I mean, you saying that. And that's absolutely right. You know, and the other day I was uh, on one of my daily walks, which again, you know, <laughs> was like that part of me is saying you're dying inside. But I call Jeremy and I'm like, I'm just like, you know, just bullshitting. And I'm like, oh, hey, by the way, when are they going to fix the pool in the neighbor? I was like, and oh, as my you say it, God. You're like, God, I hate I was like, are you kidding me? I'm asking about the neighborhood pool. Like When's the that HOA, HOA meeting? Because <laughs> <laughs> i got to speak my mind there. What's that president's name? <laughs> There's a lot of kids in that car. <laughs> and they're driving really fast. You know, and... And I do resist that, right? Like, I resist what's actually happening. So that's that's one part of me. Without a doubt, I'm still, like I said, it was 13 years that I lived on the edge and was doing badass shit. But there's another part of me that knows that I was living the life. When I was in Bahrain, you know, I had this loft. I had a rooftop pool. I was playing rugby. I was making good money. You know, I could go anywhere. I could do whatever I wanted. But I was the most depressed I was in my entire life. Really? Yeah. And so that moment, you know, I remember coming home from work every day, you know, there was a period of time where I was loving it and I was living it up, but then something happened and I didn't know what it was. And I would come home every day and I would turn my lights off and I would sit in the dark and I would wonder if life was worth living. And so that moment is still with me. Do you think that was circumstantial or chemical? I think it was. I think it was probably both. I okay. mean, I think that's a good question. Uh, it was probably both, but I think that there was a cumulative effect of trauma. Oh, absolutely. You know what I mean? It's both self-inflicted. I, felt, I think you felt like you had control of the trauma you put yourself in afterwards. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And I, I, I think that's a great that. observation. Yeah. That I experienced trauma when I was younger, and when I was older, I I had to control the trauma. Mm-hmm. I didn't. I didn't. Unfortunately, I didn't say to myself, avoid the trauma. I said, control it. No, you said, fuck trauma. Yeah. I'm going to get in your oh, face. Oh, that too? I no, can, I can own that. that's exactly that. what I did. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, you want to call me names? You want right. to say this? I'm going to say it first. Yeah. That's honestly, that's how I became funny. And it's, it's lame because I'm funny and you got life experience. <laughs> I yeah. can do a really good joke, but yeah. <laughs> but it's, yeah. it's interesting because I think... You don't, when your brain's forming, you don't know how to control your environment. Yeah, for sure. And when you're in an environment where you know that the people around you are supposed to protect you and nurture you and all that stuff, and it doesn't happen that way, you don't even understand it. Yeah. But you know this isn't right, or you just don't feel good. Yeah. And you, or you hurt, or you're, it it just doesn't make sense. Yeah. I mean, I think, and right now, so, you know, I'm talking about these sort of two sides that are happening. You know, there's one side, which is you're a pussy. Like, what the fuck are you doing with your life? When's the last time you, you know, ran into a burning building or tackled somebody, you know, on their ass? But then there's this other part of me which says, you, Alex knows what it means to continue down that path of being on the pointy end of the spear. I know what it felt like to be in Bahrain and to be the most depressed that I've ever been. And that checks me. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I... Yeah, I mean, I probably have never told you that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was news to me. <laughs> no, no, explain that because I don't know that. So, when, you know, when we first met, 
Um, I talked a lot about Bahrain. I talked about all the things I did. You know, I was in India when I was in Bahrain. I went to Serbia, I played rugby. And so we've talked about that a lot. And I think Jeremy's just reacting to the fact that I never um, told him that, you know, it was one of the lowest periods of my life, you know. Yeah. And that's why I came home, you know. That's why I made those three promises to myself. Because just before that, my company said, um, do you want to stay in Bahrain and I said yeah fuck yeah you know this is awesome I love it here and like I said in a moment it switched and I told you know after I said yes I said I can't stay when you here. came back did you feel like you'd failed or did you feel like you were just in that moment when I when I came back I felt like I was broken <laughs> I felt like I didn't feel like I had I felt like so there was part of it that felt like failure um, the, the part of it that where I was like, why am I not happy? Why am I not riding the highest wave possible? You're why fulfilled. am I depressed? You're fulfilled with all the things that you want. Yeah, I, I have all the stuff. Yeah. Like when I was a kid, all the fantasies I had mm -hmm. about the life. You know, you know, I've stayed in some of the best hotels in the world. You know, and like I said, it's not that it's not it. It was that um, there was more. There was something else or some things else that I needed in my life. So. So what drew you to Jeremy? Have you seen this belly? <laughs> <laughs> you don't have a belly anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah, seriously, you don't. <laughs> it's annoying. <laughs> no one likes it. <laughs> no, but seriously, what, what was the thing? Because I, I feel like from what you have told me, this was your first relationship with a man, correct? Yeah. For so both of us. Yeah. yeah, for both of you, which is yeah. is not, crazy. It's well, it's not crazy. It's just not the norm. Right. Yeah. Most yeah. people, and I don't think, I I don't know one way or the other because I've never, never thought I, I've I've like made out with girls before, but I've been like, eh. yeah. One time, literally, was for a cigarette. <laughs> <laughs> That's my range. <laughs> so That's your price. Yeah. <laughs> But it's only a kiss. <laughs> not price. Not price, but range. Okay. But like price I feel, would be something else. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. I, I feel like um, I've never been like, I, this, this outfit doesn't work for me. And I feel like you both probably, I, I feel like you, Jeremy, felt like this outfit doesn't work for me. I feel like you were just kind of wandering around. Really yeah. Like, I don't I have like an that. outfit on. Right, right. I don't like outfits. Like I don't wear them. <laughs> but I like that. So right. I wonder what it is that made you, Alex, spark yeah. to Jeremy and Jeremy spark to Alex. So I want you to talk first. Ah, let me uh -huh. talk first. Yeah. <laughs> um, don't say wiener. Oh. I like how you said don't say wiener and now he's crying. <laughs> You go first. <laughs> oh. You. Try it. No, Jeremy, I want you to try it. You can do it. What did you think of then when you when you felt that? Um like when I first met Alex. Um like he was probably the he would have been the first person I ever come out to. So He's probably the first one to accept me, I suppose. As is. As is. Mm -hmm. And he liked it. 
<laughs> a lot. <laughs> Gross. Because yeah. I'm Gross. still here. <laughs> yeah. But go on. Um, I feel like Alex has always been probably more comfortable in his skin mm-hmm. than I have been. Uh, but he's always, um, I would say, pushed me. Well, I'd say probably pushed yeah. me. Yeah, yeah that's probably right. Um, but he's allowed me to uh, go at my own pace. He nudged you. He snudged me. Yeah. Yeah, probably one of the first times we met. Like He's like, I ain't fucking waiting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <coughs> but no, he's been super patient with me. Uh, he loves me. Uh, when did you start to feel like home? Um, Was it immediate or did it take a little time? Because you had to get uh, used to it? Probably when we first met, I probably knew we were going to be in each other's lives forever, probably within (laughs) the first 10 days. (laughs) So we met online, and um, so we, from the day we met online, um, we talked every day. We've talked every day since then, except for there's probably probably one or two days. Our big part of our relationship was talking on Mm -hmm. the phone, and just really getting to know one another. And so when we finally did get to meet, it was kind of surreal. Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, kind of. I've heard the story about the sunlight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Just so you guys know, I'm not kidding. This is exactly what they said. <laughs> but I just, yeah. I, I, I'm asking this of you because you won't say stuff sometimes. Yeah. yeah. And I feel like you need to be kind of. Yeah. Because what yeah. you have, what your version of this story, this particular part yes. of the story is 100% oh, valid absolutely. and matters. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. what drew you to him when you met him? Um, probably just his passion for life. Um, his relationships and his life are extremely important to him. I mean, um, his firefighter friends, um, one of his, his best friends, Ben, I mean, that's his little brother. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, they're just, they're, they'll be lifelong friends. There's absolutely no doubt about it. And just the importance of relationships to him um, and just his, his, his patience is huge. I mean, for someone to be in a new gay relationship, I've got two kids. He's accepted them as his kids. Uh, you know, that's can't be easy you know, think about the life he's lived <laughs> honestly i think Middle you guys East are pretty and... even keeled on what's easy yeah. because i mean it's i think it was difficult for you to come out yeah. and i mean i think you've been alex i think you've been brave in so many different ways but jeremy i i've got to tell you i think that you've been braver yeah. in a lot of aspects because you came out from the mold that you have you kind of settled in right and you're like this isn't right this isn't right. And that's yeah. harder to break a mold. I mean, you were free already. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. yeah. Right. Down. No, for sure. And for I think sure. it was yeah. a lot harder for you. And I think that your girls accept it is amazing. Yeah. I think that the life you have now is awesome. Unbelievable. And I just, yeah. I mean, I've talked to you both together and I've talked to you both individually yep. and it's nauseating. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's beautiful. Yeah. And I think that there's, if I thought for a minute that it was, frivolous or flippant or anything You wouldn't like that. be here. No, yeah. I would have been like, that's going to end that's badly. That's terrible. <laughs> I don't want that on record. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I, I want you to know that I think 
what Alex has done with his life has been super brave and 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 challenging. But I don't want you to diminish what you've done because yeah. that is you. also yeah. incredibly brave. Like yeah. it just yeah. to share. Easy. No, yeah. I'm sure it hasn't. Yeah. I, what what would be the point? <laughs> right. Yeah. I'm glad you said that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think it's I think it's gorgeous. So. Well, All right. You. Now your turn. Oh right. What was your thing? Well, the first thing was looks. Like Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> He's a hot piece of ass. He's a hot piece of ass. <laughs> <laughs> get a body double. Cause I don't believe it. Don't need yeah. it. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, it's, it's important, like what you said, you know, early in my, well, not early, but early-ish in my life, I said, I don't fit the mold. And if I try to fit the mold, um, I'm going to be unhappy for the rest of my life. So, <clears throat> I didn't have a lot of, I didn't know what it meant when I said I need to settle down. I didn't know if I was going to wind up with a woman or a man. I didn't know if I was going to wind up with anybody. Right. You know, one of my favorite moments is one of my best friends. His name is Captain John. We worked together in Iraq. Um, and after I met Jeremy. What's his real name? Yeah, his name is not Captain John. <laughs> his name is John. Okay. There you okay. Go. <laughs> um, I've never known him anything. Captain John. Right? Um, and so, after I met Jeremy, and after we decided that you know I was going to move here, Captain John happened to be in D.C. and we went out for beers, et cetera. And, and he, we're talking about um, Kansas City, and he's like, "Oh yeah, you know, I live in, you know, like I have a house in Kansas City now." And I was like, oh, I'm going to be moving there. And he's like, why? I was like, oh, I met someone and, you know, his name's Jeremy and I'm going to be moving out there to be with him. He's like, you're going to be with someone? <laughs> his reaction it wasn't, wasn't that you were gay. <laughs> it was not that at all. somebody else is tying you to this ground. <laughs> right, right. You're going to be with someone? How is that even possible? You know? And so... I was going to say, I think it's also funny that every time I've ever talked to Jeremy about you and all the stuff that you've got going on, there's never been an ounce of intimidation yeah which oh, is yeah. crazy cool i never thought about that no you've never been intimidated by this yeah, and even all yeah. the friends and relationships you've had you've literally talked to me about it and you're like yeah this guy's gonna be a friend of his for life i'm excited to meet him he's never been like Ugh, i don't know about this he's never, <laughs> never never even that's an a really good point and i yeah, think that I is that's either. another thing that i was like these guys are for real like yeah. it's not because i i don't invest myself in stuff that i think I mean, you don't know sometimes, but I don't invest myself in stuff that I think is, you know, going to wash away with the sure, sand. Sure, sure, yeah. And I, I adore you both, but I think sometimes you might think that because Alex and I have a similar mindset on a lot of things that you fall to the wayside, but I don't think yeah. that you no, realize... I never felt that way. Yeah. yeah. Okay, good, because yeah. I think you were such more of an integral part of yeah. his life than I think you even realize yeah. sometimes. And I, I, again, I think he, he's been brave doing God knows everything his whole life, but to break the mold of suburbia, yeah. that's probably why he was so scared of living here because that's like, it literally is a trap for a lot yeah. of people. Yeah. It, really, it is yeah. comfort it like and, it. and safety and don't, you don't, don't, push, don't push the walls here because right. yeah. this is solid. And you were like, I, I know I'm doing all the right things, quote unquote, right. but this isn't right for me. And for you to break that, I think that is insane courage. And I think that Alex sees that yeah. in you. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, a different kind of power and inspiration in that, you know, um, I, when we met, I didn't, obviously I didn't know Jeremy's family or anything, but 
um, they've become such an important part of my life. And so I said, you know, Jeremy's looks is one of the things that really drew me in, right? But, the, <laughs> but the second thing is, and, and I'm, I'm going to probably sound like I'm contradicting myself, but the fact that there was a sense of stability about him, mm-hmm. you know, he grew up in a really small town. It's He's very close with his family. Um, and that, so we've been talking a lot about how the suburbs are uncomfortable and it's really a lot around stability. It's the one thing you didn't have your whole life. It's the one thing I didn't have. Yeah, and like I said, uh, the title of the book is still being worked on, but there will be the expression, I'll go, right? And movement has been a part of my life. This. I think you should call it either the title of the book is still being worked on (laughs) or I'll go. Yeah. Because you've said that multiple times. But I also like what you got. Yeah, I mean, and so with Jeremy, there was... um, Stability, which I didn't, I didn't, like I said, there was part of me that knew that's what I wanted, but I didn't know it. And that's the part of me that's like, uh, you're a fucking pussy talking about the HOA and the like community. You know what I mean? That part of me is still alive and an idiot, like you a meathead. No, you fight it. You, you have to you fight, fight it. it. You know? You don't have to. A lot of people succumb that's, to yeah. it, yeah, yeah. but I think it's interesting because you want more. And honestly, that's the one thing that I see, because I think a lot of people look at you both and your lifestyles and what, how you came, your comeuppance in the world. Yeah. I think they would think you don't make sense. But to me, yeah. you do, because he represents the one thing you were scared of exactly. your whole life. Oh, yeah. That's pretty deep, Katie. <laughs> Dude, I'm that's good. That's completely true. You accidentally chose wisely. <laughs> we both did. No accident. <laughs> but I also think that he represented the thing that you were missing as well. And that's why I think you're like a yin and yang for each other, yeah. because he was the crazy... Hair, wind in the hair, that kind of that yeah. kind of guy, and the kind of person that you you actually were looking for. Yeah. And it doesn't mean the things in your past don't matter. And, and right. likewise yeah. for right. you, Alex. Right. But I think that you both were like magnets to each other because you saw the things that you were both missing in your lives. And I think another good part of it is that we haven't had to let go of our past. And like you made a really good point. It's like Jeremy's never been like, uh, "Why do you have all these friends? Yeah. People you hang out with and care about? You know." I'm, on the phone telling people I love them all That's the time. That's implicit trust. And yes. that doesn't yeah. come around yeah. very often. And Jeremy, you know, I love his family. I love spending time with them, you know, so he hasn't had to give yeah. up. There'll be times like, can we go to your parents? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're going to Canesville. Yeah. yeah. No, I think that's, that's awesome. Because what the, what the norms are is this is not real and this doesn't work. What you guys have is not... <laughs> Yeah. That is not how this works. Yeah. Right. But it, it does. And, but I think it's because A, you matched, and B, you work at it. Yeah. 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 I don't think it's easy by any it's means. It's hard work for both yeah. of us. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. But nothing that you want is ever going to be worth it if it's not hard to get. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to drop Bibles on you. <laughs> no, it's been a lot of work. And, yeah. Uh, I'm proud of what we have. Um, God, I feel like Barbara Walters. <laughs> yeah, you should. <laughs> no, but I think, I mean, the you you've raised beautiful girls. Yeah. And they're yeah. they're cool as shit. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not even lying. You know how I feel about your kids. Elise was pissed that she was. Like, <laughs> you tell Katie's her. Katie's coming over. <laughs> <laughs> but you tell Elise I'll come back over and yeah. see her. 
But I just think that it's, I think that inspecting your life instead of just like taking yeah. the spoon is, yeah. is a it's good way to work. live. Were you like, gonna I was going to say like, so coming out to my family was not easy. Yeah. Um, but my mom and dad are super supportive. Yeah. And my mom be like, oh, are you dating anybody? You dating anybody? And we, I was at, we were actually dating, but. Did you come out to your parents before you introduced them to Alex or after? After. Okay. I came out before I introduced him to Alex. Okay. So it was probably six, Not too long, nine yeah. months I after yeah. I came out. Uh, we were dating when I came out. We had uh, a re- to catalyst. Right. right. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so to come out, like I'm from a small town in rural Missouri. Uh, not many black people that live in Canesville. Or zero? Zero. <laughs> uh, That's a different number than not right. Many. <laughs> right. So uh, the fact that whenever I did tell mom and dad that I was dating somebody, uh, then that was a non-issue. And the, I remember telling Misty, like, yeah, I am Your seeing sister. Who's Misty? My, okay. my sister, Misty, yeah. that, yeah, I am seeing somebody. And he's black. And it's like... So when are we going to get to meet him? It was just a non-issue. Yeah. So that was, that kind of like sealed the deal for me that like it's, it is a non-issue and I, I don't ever even think about uh, yeah. the fact that you're black and I'm white. Uh, it's just that we love each other immensely. Yeah. I mean, we, uh, and so. it's, it's a part of my story, right? And so skin color does matter, especially in America, but the reason I wrote my book was to inspire people to live outside of boundaries. And so, yeah, skin color has meaning, but it doesn't have to define who anyone is, right? And we still get to live our lives and, like I say, be the hero of our stories no matter what. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's really why I wrote the book is to represent that in some way. Do you want this book to be more of um, inspirational or motivational for people or just to give them the information of what you got? I hope that it is inspirational. I hope, you know, I have, you know, we've been talking about this. I have amazing friends who love me more than I understand why. And so they, many of them have committed to, you know, helping share the story, which is one part of it. Another part of it is how do I get in touch with people who I don't know, who are not in my network, who are struggling with growing up uh, in an abusive household or trying to come out or veterans who are dealing with PTSD or first responders who are dealing with PTSD. You know, you being able to... wide net. Wide net. <laughs> you know, I've been a... fix <laughs> You know, I've been a first responder. I know responder. the feeling. You I know, know the feeling. I mean, I mean like I'm not, just... not a first responder, but I know the feeling we like... I just want to give you a big hug right. and tell you it's going to be okay yep. and, yeah. and you need to deal with your demons. Yep. But I, yeah, And I it's think not even a live your life like I lived my life, no. but here's a story of someone who also made it. And if I can make it, you can make it. Yeah. Do you think that um, mm-hmm. over time you would write maybe another one on a different aspect? I think, yeah, I mean, I want to write another book, and I want to write it about me and Jeremy. So earlier when, on the and break. State Parks. And State Parks. <laughs> you don't need to read it, Katie. Don't worry. We will bring it on that podcast. <laughs> that book's going to be a pamphlet. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I mean, the book as it's written, there's only one chapter on me and Jeremy. 
And so even though it is part love story, um, it ends with Jeremy. And the reason is because they're so... They're, there is a reason I was able to move to the suburbs of Kansas City, and that's this first book. The reason I was able to do what I'm doing now is this first book. If that part of my life had not happened, I couldn't be here right now. I couldn't be healthy. I couldn't be healthy. Mm -hmm. Full stop, period, end of life. And you know what's so funny about that is that your pinnacle is really the suburbs. Yeah. When your whole life yeah. you challenge yourself no, and all these different things, but this has been the biggest challenge for you. Right. That's absolutely right. To That's come crazy. to terms. No, is. it really it, is. It absolutely yeah. is. And it, it you you have come to terms with yourself. You've come yeah. to terms with yeah. what life you've led and what yeah. have, what's brought you here. And now you're like, settling nah. down is so hard. <laughs> yes. Because for me, I felt like every time I made a solid choice about what my future was going to be, that shut 20 doors. Yes. And right. if I didn't make a choice, those doors were open. I could yes. do anything. Yeah. But settling down to me, and that's why I got married at 40, yeah. was because I was like, I don't know. Maybe. Well, what about this other thing? Yeah, I just yeah. want to go over here. You know. Yeah. But it's, it's really hard to make a choice because yeah. to me, every time I make a choice, I shut 20 doors. Yes. And so when I, you know, one of the big things for me when I um, moved to Kansas City is that I lost my security clearance. And so for eight years, my ability imagine. to work in classified environments, handle classified information was the only cachet I had. That's how I made my money. Mm -hmm. And so you have, you know, X number of years before your security clearance um, elapses. That's like an existential crisis. You're your like, toys away. they take your toys, your house, your car your clothes, everything. It, that's how it felt. I mean, I had a job, you know, I had a, you know, I had everything, it was more than but that. my mindset was like, if I don't have a security clearance, I can't live, you know, yeah. I can't do the thing that I'm good at. I think you do that a lot. I think you put your, your everything on a pinnacle of stuff. Oh, for sure. And I think you are constantly getting over the fact that, uh, this pinnacle doesn't matter as much as I thought it did. And oh, I climbed that hill too? Where's another one? Is there yeah. another mountain I yeah. can you're climb? Yeah, you're like, this is fucking Everest, dude. Chill right. out. <laughs> and every, and yeah, that's what people are saying. They're like, this is Everest. This is all there is. I'm like, I want more. But the thing is, is the suburbs are your Everest. What do you think? What's next? Well, before we end, I do want to say, so going to the pub, that was probably, that was part of the first part of coming out. Really? Um, Part of the first part. Part of the first part of coming out. I didn't know that. So going to the pub and being accepted for us was a huge part for me. You know, like for you to, you didn't care. No. We are Alex and Jeremy. And then we made some amazing friends as Alex and Jeremy. Were you so, worried about that ever? Oh, for sure. Really? Even now. Um, really? With me? Deal. No, not with you. Not oh, with you. Oh, okay. But just in general. But like going to the pub, um, that was a huge part for for me, uh, in being accepted that you know it's 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 okay. But anyway, I want to thank you for that. I mean, you did all that. Uh, it's been a big part for me. It's been a big part for me too. Yeah, and I, it's it's been a big part for me. You know, um, being able to find a community 
where um, I'm able to replicate the other parts of my life, you know? Yeah. So I'm going to say thanks to Katie for joining Thank you. us. Thank I'm honored, really. Thanks yeah. for Jeremy. Although you were nervous in the beginning, you opened <laughs> yeah. up, you so it's been good, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. He did yeah. real good. It was, it was fun. Had a good time. Oh, kiss him yeah. on the lips. For <laughs> <laughs> and I, I just want to thank you guys because I, to be looked at as somebody you want to talk to about personal parts in your life, that is an honor. It yeah. really is. And yeah. I, I, feel, I feel so thankful that you've accepted me and allowed me to be part of this. And so cheers to you guys. For cheers. cheers. You got me all Thanks teary. Thanks so much. Yeah, sorry. Not even on my Please period. You only cried one time. Mm-hmm. <laughs>